0: Growing usually begins underground and then eventually you start seeing it happening above the ground It has to happen in private before it can happen in public Nothing will manifest on the earth until it has first gone through a dark place. I know I ain't gonna get a lot of amens right there None of you listen everybody in here went through nine months of darkness before you came into the world Are you hearing what I'm saying? Nothing manifests unless it first comes through darkness. And so anyway, we know the story. It gets Moses' attention because it's not consumed. Moses approaches it, and the voice of the Lord speaks to him from the burning bush. Now let me focus on Moses for a minute. And watch this. As soon as Moses comes, and we said this the week before last, last, uh, The voice spoke to him and said, take your shoes off or take thy sandals off thy feet for the place that you are standing on is holy ground. You know this part of the story, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. But basically what he was saying is, don't come in my presence, hallelujah, wearing where you've been. Don't just come up in my presence wearing where you've been. Especially since this is Old Testament and the blood hasn't been shed yet hallelujah nor have I prepared you for me so you can't get close to me until the blood is shed but let me just help you in here even after we have received the blood of Jesus that has washed us from our sins and the grace of God that gives us access into the presence of God to come into his presence boldly do not make the mistake to assume you could just come in any old kind of way I love the Old Testament because it teaches us a lot about the presence of God. The temple was built on a mountain, hallelujah, and it was built on a mountain so that nobody could just run up into it. But the mountain will slow you down. So that you don't make the mistake to just run up in his presence. It's amazing to me because the temple, when you study it out, the stairs on the temple, hallelujah. It wasn't that the architects weren't good, hallelujah. They purposely built the stairs different sizes. So that you won't get the idea that some of us young people get when we fly up the stairs two by two. I used to be able to do that. Watch this. You fly up the stairs and you skip steps thinking you could just run up in the presence of God. But watch this. They were built different sizes so that you would have to measure every step. You would have to measure every step. You couldn't just come in there any old kind of way. Take off your shoes. Moses was probably thinking to himself, remember, he's a a shepherd. His feet are dirty. I won't even go into detail of the kind of stuff that was on his feet. You would have to know a little bit about shepherding. But Moses, in essence, would tell the Lord, this is holy. This is a mess. But I can hear God saying, yeah, but I'm God in the mess. And how many of you in here know that when God gets in a mess, God can turn a mess into a message? Is that anybody's testimony in here? Uh, God, I didn't grow up in the church. I'm a prime example of what God can do with a mess. Are you in this place, church? And so anyway, hallelujah, I got to fast forward a little bit because time is not on my side. Watch this. God begins to talk to the man. And God tells him, I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to go back to the place you left because I'm going to use you to set my people free. And Moses, after a small dialogue with God, asked this very interesting question. He said, all right, God, uh, If I go, who shall I say sent me? Who do I tell him sent me? And I love that about Moses because it allows me to know a little something about his humility because he knows he can't go in his own name. I said he recognizes that he cannot go in his own name. And so he says, in whose name do I go? Who shall I say sent me? And God answers him and said, tell him I am that I am sent you. Oh, my God. Uh, Now, if I'm Moses, I I, got to be honest. I'm like, what? (laughs) I am that I am. In other words, I cause to be because I cause to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. I create and I sustain. I am that I am. I create and I sustain. I am and I will be. Tell them the timeless one. Tell them the timeless one. Can I brag about them for a little while? The timeless one has sent you. You wear time in your hand. He holds time in his hands. God help me in here. You were made by time, but I made time. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I'm bigger than time. I hold time in my hands. I made time for man to dwell in, but I don't dwell in time, nor am I subject to time. I am eternal. I can see time from where I am, and with one glance, see your yesterday, your today, and your tomorrow. This is why the Bible says He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Tell Him, I am. God the timeless one tell them that the self existing one Sent you the one that doesn't need anything outside of himself to continue to exist. I Am the creator everything that has been created derived from me therefore it is dependent upon its existence every creature has been derived needs something outside of itself to continue to exist. Never make the mistake to make the created a God. Even Satan himself was created. God help me in here. Never make the mistake to make a man your God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because sometimes we think that we're all that. We want to be our own God. Can I help you in here? You are very fragile. I know some of the men are looking at me funny right now. I ain't fragile. I'm a man. Let me help you in here. If God held the rain. I said if he held the rain. For a long period of time. You die. If he caused the famine on the land. And the farmers could not produce. You die. You need things outside of yourself. You are not a source. You need things outside of yourself to exist. But God was doing just fine before he made anything. Because he don't need nothing outside of himself to continue to exist. He is the self-existing one. Oh, God, help me in here. I am and I will be self-existing. Watch this. Let me give you another one. Immutable. Immutable. What does that mean? That means I change not. Tell them that the God that never changes is sending you. The Bible says that in him there is no variableness, nor the shadow of turning. Everything else that was created is subject to change, but your God remains the same. Oh, I wish Malachi were here. Malachi would tell you, I am the Lord God, I change not. Hallelujah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Hallelujah. He is consistent and He is the constant one. Tell Pharaoh that the constant, consistent. Immutable, non-changing, self-existent, timeless God sent you. God have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. And if that's not enough, let them know that the incomprehensible one, the incomprehensible, uh, there aren't enough words in the English language. Well, let me take it a step further. There isn't enough words in all the languages that exist put together that can come up with an adequate idea of who God is hallelujah there's no possible way that you in other words hallelujah you don't have the cerebral capacity in your mind to be able to stand hallelujah a real heavenly definition of who I am if I gave it to you, I'll blow your mind. I will blow your mind. You can't take it. So the fact that I'm not giving it to you is actually good for your protection. I started to give it to Job and Job says, stop, please stop. You remember that? He spoke to Job. He said, where were you? Because Job was questioning, God, where were you? Have you ever did that? Ooh, that's dangerous. Because God turned around and told Job, where were you? When I spat the seas into the earth. And where were you, hallelujah, when I hung the clouds uh, and the stars uh, and I named all of them and remembered all their names? Where were you, hallelujah, when I separated the borders of the water and commanded the water and said, here and no further. And the water goes over sometimes, but it recognizes the voice of the Lord and has to come back because he said, here and no further, hallelujah. Tell them that the God that cannot be explained, sent you. Oh God, have mercy in here. Tell him I am, that I am sent you. I love God, let me tell you. I love the fact that he takes on flesh. Amen. Watch this, in the person of Jesus Christ. Oh, could you imagine that? Steps down 40 plus generations. Hallelujah. Takes on sinful flesh. And all of a sudden, there he is in the person of Jesus Christ. God incarnate, uh, the God-man. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this, and he's, he's, he's dialogue, dialoguing with the religious people. And the religious people are talking about, who are you? Uh, Abraham is our father. And, he, and, and they look at him and they say, you're not even 50 years old and you're talking about uh, Abraham, hallelujah, like, 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 like you know him or something. And Jesus looks at them and says, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Ooh, my God, in other words, he's telling him, Yo, don't get it twisted, don't get it twisted. Abraham is your daddy, hallelujah, but I am Abraham's daddy. Don't make the mistake to assume that just because I manifested chronologically after him, that that means that I am after him. Hallelujah. That's just the moment I decided to step into time from eternity. Hallelujah. But I'm the timeless one. I like the way John the Baptist put it on another occasion. Hallelujah. When he talked about Jesus coming, he said, He that is coming after me is greater than me because he is before me. You better... That's a revelation, hallelujah. He who is coming after me is greater than me because he is before me. He's coming after chronologically, but don't get it twisted. He's the ancient of days. I said he's the ancient of days. If you ever read the book of John, hallelujah, Jesus goes into a series of I am's. Just to confirm that he is God in the flesh. Are you in this place, church? You read the book of John, you're going to hear him say, I am the light of the world. You're going to hear him say things like, I am the good shepherd. You're going to hear him say, I am the great physician. I am the vine. I am the door. I am the lily in the valley and the rose of Sharon. I am the lion. From the tribe of Judah. I am the resurrection and I am the life. I am the Alpha and I am the Omega. I am the beginning and I am the end. I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life hallelujah oh god help me in here in the old testament he said i am hallelujah jehovah shama the lord that is there hallelujah i am hallelujah jehovah jireh your provider i am jehovah shalom the god of your peace hallelujah I am your rock and I am your refuge I am your shield and I am your buckler hallelujah I am your burden bearer and I am your bridge over troubled water I am that I am I am anything you need at the time you need it when you need it tell them I am that I am sent you. Or oh, can somebody take 15 seconds and give the great I am a great praise in this place? Woo. Hallelujah! 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 I am bigger than your trouble! I am bigger than your trial, I am bigger than that situation, I am bigger than that sickness, hallelujah. Hey, you don't, hallelujah, hallelujah, sit down, sit down, sit down, I'm running out of time. Make sure you tell Pharaoh That I am. So that he doesn't make the mistake to assume that you are. Make sure you tell him I am. So he don't make the mistake to assume that you are. You are nothing without the I am. Don't ever make the mistake, hallelujah, to think that you are when I am. Because if you ever make the mistake to think that you are, I am not with you. I am not with you. Whenever you make the mistake to assume, hallelujah, that something can't get done without you, God will show you that you are indispensable. Listen, that you are not, listen, that you could be replaced. Easily. I love you, but I don't need you. (laughs) You need me. Or it just ain't happening. I'm going to leave that alone. Hallelujah. If you're blessed in here, shout glory. Glory. My God. And so he continues in a dialogue with God uh, with a series of excuses. Hallelujah. And then God gets to the point where he asks him the question, what is that? In your hand. Look at somebody real quick and say, You have something. God wants to get in. Oh, God, have mercy in here. He said, Watch this, it's a rod. And God said, Watch this, throw it on the ground. I ain't gonna finish this sermon, I could tell already. Listen, throw it on the ground. And the Bible says that when He threw it on the ground, it became a serpent and it started moving. While it was in his hand, it was dead. While it was in his hand, it was dormant. While he was holding on to it too tightly, like some of us are doing with our gift, watch. it was not moving. But when he released what he had, and it hit the ground, God got in it. And when God got in it, it started moving. Oh, God, how mercy. Are you in this place now? The Bible says this, and I thought this was interesting. Uh, when the thing started moving, Moses ran away from it. Now, you know, I'm a, I'm a thinker, so I said to myself, "I wonder what that looked like." Because Moses is 80 years old. Now I know that I don't. Know, I don't know. Maybe it was different back then. Maybe 80 is still strong. I know 80 today, you know, it's not that easy to run at 80, amen. He ran from it. Now, you got to understand something else about Moses. Moses is a shepherd. Shepherds are used to seeing snakes. When you are a shepherd, you know you see snakes all the time. As a matter of fact, you use that staff to fend off serpents in order to protect the sheep. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. If you know anything, anybody in their right mind will tell you if you come across a snake. And let's just say that this snake was poisonous. You don't move quickly. If anything, you stand still. Are you hearing me? Or let's just say it wasn't poisonous. Let's just say it was a a boa constrictor. One of those constricting snakes. Hallelujah. I did a little research and found out those you don't stand still for. You move, but you move slowly. You move slowly. And someone who knows or is familiar with snakes should know how to respond to a serpent. But I just want to submit to you, hallelujah, that this ain't just any old serpent. That this, this serpent, hallelujah, that Moses, that God shows Moses is it's a picture of that old sly snake. Uh, that snake from Genesis chapter 1, hallelujah. And the very fact that Moses runs from it is a picture, hallelujah, on how we as a people, watch this, are powerless against him. Watch this, stay with me now. Powerless because he uses intimidation and he uses fear, hallelujah, to enslave God's creation. And so when it, when it appears, he runs from it. Watch this. Until God said, pick it up by the tail. In other words, I'm powerless against it until God gives me authority over it. When God gives me authority over it, hallelujah, now I can pick it up by the tail. I thought about that for a minute. And I say, hold up, who in their right mind picks up a snake by the tail? You touch a snake by the tail, you know what's going to happen? It's going to turn around and bite you. You don't, pick up a t- you don't pick up a snake by the tail. Most snake handlers, there's some people out there that take that text You can tread over serpents literally and handle snakes. Watch this, they never pick up a snake by the tail, they always pick them up by the head. Some shepherds use their staff to pin the head of the snake down so that then they can pick it up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But God, watch this, tells him, Pick it up by the tail. Oh, you need faith to do that. God is wanting to know, watch this, God is wanting to know. Will you trust my word? Will you, will you trust my word? Because sometimes when I release a word to you, it's not gonna make sense. And there are a lot of us, even in this room, under the sound of my voice, who God gives a word to, and you feel like you need to give God details about what He's telling you to do. And God says, pick it up by the tail, and you're like, But God, don't you know that? Um it's not wise to so pick up a snake by the tail. And, God, and we feel like we have to inform God about where, where or what God is sending us to. And God, in essence, is saying, don't get caught up in the details. Just hear what I'm saying to you. Because most of the time, before you see a miracle, you'll always get an illogical instruction first. Walk around the walls of Jericho. That don't make no sense. But if you do it, they're going to fall. Will you follow my instruction? That is the key. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh my God. I thought about that a little more. And I said to myself, wow, God, pick it up by the tail. And God ministered to me and said, yes, pick it up by the tail. You pick it up by the tail because I'm going to take care of the head. You don't hear what I'm saying. Genesis 3.16. Hallelujah. Genesis 3.16. And I will put enmity between, watch this, the woman and the serpent. uh, Her seed and your seed. You, the serpent, shall bruise his heel, but he shall crush your head. Oh, God. Hallelujah. You pick it up by the tail. All you got to do is worry about picking it up by the tail. I'm going to crush his head. Head, And how many of you know that on the cross of Calvary, hallelujah, the enemy was defeated. And Jesus disarmed him. I said he disarmed him. Destroyed, the Bible says, the works of the devil. And so watch this. I can grab him by the tail because he's lost his poison. He, Oh God. Oh death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? You showing me your teeth and you hissing. But you're defeated. Oh, God, help me in here. I wish somebody would shout, I ain't scared. Are you blessed in here? Ooh, God. Watch this. That was a, that's, a ma- that's a major sign. That's God showing Moses, I'm giving you authority over Pharaoh and I'm giving you authority over that serpent and then if that wasn't enough he told Moses put your hand in your jacket whatever he was wearing tunic robe I'm gonna modernize it put your hand in your jacket and take it out when he took it out he said ah, it's white I have leprosy ah, and God said put it back in put it back in take it out again oh, how many know God can do it How many of you know God can turn it around? How many of you know God can heal it? Watch this. The leprosy, watch this, the five fingers representing a group is a picture of Israel enslaved in sin. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In a, watch this, incurable state. In a place and position they cannot get themselves out of. But then God says, put your hand in there again and take it out. And what God is saying, but I'm going to draw them out. Watch, watch, watch. By my one, two, three, four, five. Five, the number of grace. By my grace, and not by your arm, but by my strong arm, I am going to draw them out. Oh God, that's sign number two. I'm giving you authority over Pharaoh and that serpent, hallelujah. And I'm going to do what you could not do. I'm giving you authority, which is something only I have. Oh God, have mercy. In this place, hallelujah. And I'm going to heal them, which is something only I could do. The healing of leprosy was a type of the healing of forgiveness. I'm going to do something only I can do. And then he said, if that's not enough... I want you to take water, pour it out, and it's going to turn to blood. Oh, God. Blood is indicative of life. The life, Leviticus says it like this, the life is in the blood. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. I'm going to give what only I can give. Because of everybody's state of sin, all their blood is tainted. And so I'm going to give my blood. And I'm going to set them free. So watch this. Three. Now I don't know about you. But I think the first one would have been enough for me. The first sign. I would have threw that rod. I think it would have turned into a snake. And then I would have picked it up by the tail. And it would have turned into a stick again. I would have said let's go. That's all I need to know. That you're coming with me. And you're going to do that same thing in front of Pharaoh. I'm good. (laughs) He showed him that. He showed him the second one. And he showed him the third one. And this man still said. God, okay, I I, I, I don't speak well. I stutter. And can I, I want to submit to you that personally, I feel that he was downplaying his ability. While, While a lot of people are convinced that Moses stuttered, I'm not totally convinced that the man stuttered. And the reason I'm not totally convinced is because what uh, uh, a man of God said in the book of Acts chapter 7 and verse number 22. Put Acts 7 and 22 up on the screen very quick so they could see it for themselves. Hallelujah. Oh, God have mercy in this place. Hallelujah. Acts 7 and 22. Watch this. And Moses was learned in all the wisdom. Of the Egyptians and was mighty in what? One translation says mighty in speech and so I said wait a minute he's talking about he stutters and then one book says he's mighty in speech and so I had to ask myself the question can you be a stuttering stammerer and still be mighty in speech and so he's either downplaying his ability or he's telling the truth and God is just letting them know I can use it anyway. Because I made your mouth. I can loose that tongue. I can loose that tongue. I can make that tongue talk another language. Let me, let me not go there. Let me not go there. Hallelujah. Because if I go there, I will not get out. Every time you give God an excuse, heaven interprets it as send someone else. I said, every time you give God an excuse, heaven interprets that as send someone else. It's amazing to me. Put put my first point on there. I only got three, so don't get nervous. I'm going to go through them very quickly. Watch this. It's amazing to me because like Moses, we want to see the job done, but don't want to do the job. I said, we want to see the job done, but we don't want to do the job. Moses is thrilled that God has not forgot about his people. But Moses is not excited that God is hiring him to lead the way to bring the people out. And some of us are the same way. Ain't nobody talking back to me, God. Watch watch this. Some of us are the same way. Because we go, watch this, we're excited about what God is doing. But we don't want to be the catalyst, hallelujah, of being responsible to put that work in. We want to see it done. We want to see deliverance. We just don't want to be involved in the work of deliverance. Are you hearing what I'm saying in here? Uh, We were at a leaders conference not so long ago, and I heard a man of God, I believe his name was uh, Pastor Darius Daniels, who said, Today, what we have, hallelujah, is vampire Christianity. Vampire Christianity. I remember hearing that saying, what in the world? Is he talking about, he said, yeah, vampire Christianity, where people are just saying, just give me the blood. If you're going to tweet that, don't put my name next to it. I wish it was mine. Listen, vampire Christianity, where people are just like, give me the blood. I just want the blood, but don't tell me who to date. Don't tell me who to get away from. Don't tell me what to do. Don't get in my kitchen. Don't get in my personal life. I got one side of the church clapping. I'm going to stay over here. Hallelujah. Because I sent something over here on this side. That's where the young people are at too. Ooh, God! If you're blessed in here, shout glory. glory. Mm. We've all told God why we're not good enough and why we're not ready yet. Am I talking to anybody? Moses gives God one final, I call, pathetic excuse. And says, can't you just go with someone else? I want to see it done, but I don't want it to be me. And at that point, God got angry with Moses because of the multiple excuses. It's 1227. And I'm on the second page of an eight-pager. I'm not going to. Do... I'm, I'm having trouble up here right now. I'm looking at what I could skip. Watch this. Hallelujah. I'm going to have to end with this. Hallelujah. Watch this. Mm. Let me define excuse for you. Let's just do that so that you know where I'm coming from. Hallelujah. Watch this. Oh, boy. An excuse, watch this, is an apology, an apology that we use to gain exemption from service. I say an excuse, watch this, is an apology we use to gain exemption from service. It's it's when we say, please excuse me because I can't. And then you give what? sometimes is a good reason, and a lot of times is an excuse. I believe that one of the greatest times uh, of temptation to make an excuse is Monday morning. You're not talking back to me. Monday morning, after you've had a nice weekend and that alarm goes off on Monday morning, and after you hit snooze about three times, in your mind, you are already rehearsing. I' not say nothing in here. What you gonna say when you call in to tell them you can't come in that day? Do I got real? Are you guys still real? Are you still with me over here on this side? And listen, some of our excuses... Are right, interesting. You know, when you're in leadership, you've heard a lot of excuses. Hey, Amen. I, I can show you a list of the stuff that I've heard. I won't get into it. Hallelujah. But I'm going to show you one in the Bible. Hallelujah. And then we got to close, unfortunately. I got so much good stuff for you. Ah, God, have mercy in here. It was, you know, it's your fault. It's all that good worship. It's all that good worship. Take up all my preaching time. Watch this. Show me, show me Luke, and I'll end with this. Luke chapter 14 and verse number I believe is 15 Luke 14 and verse number 15 I want to show you something that's really interesting and then I'm gonna drop a prophetic nugget in here amen watch this and when one of them sat at meat with him heard these things and he said unto him blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God who anybody looking forward to that watch this Then said he unto him, now here comes Jesus telling a parable, a certain man made a great supper, and he bade many. That means that he invited many people to the supper. Look at the next verse, watch this. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, come for all things are now ready. I need, I need for that to hit your spirit. Come for all things are now ready. You see, in the book of John, he says, I go to prepare a place for you so that where I am, you might be there also. And if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Amen? But in this text, he said, I'm done preparing. And I believe that for the season that we're living in right now, that's a word from the Lord. All things are now ready. The biggest party you ever experienced is about to take place. So some of y'all don't, that side over there—they're feeling me. Hallelujah! I don't know what's going on on this side. We're gonna to have to maybe get the worship team to sing on this side when we close. Listen, some of you in here didn't grow up in the church. You know how to party, or at least I hope you used to party, and and you don't still party. Except it's, unless it's a Holy Ghost party. (laughs) Because there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. And there ain't no high like the most high. Oh God, hallelujah. Amen. You read your Bible carefully in the Gospels, Jesus was always on his way to a feast. In a feast or coming out of a feast. Jesus liked to be where there was a party. He liked to be in the presence of a people that were celebrating the right thing. Are you in this place, church? Watch this. So he invites, put that back up there, okay. He invites all these people and they, what? And they all... With one consent, begin to make excuse. Now, you you want to hear these excuses? Watch this. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray, have me excused. One translation says, please excuse me. Now, did you just listen to that? That's like me buying a house... And then saying, hey, I can't come because I have to go see the house I already purchased. Did you read it? Let's read it again. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece. In other words, I already bought the land without looking at it and without expecting it. Who in their right mind buys property that they don't look at first? I know this sounds humorous, but I'm trying to show you the extent of some of these excuses. I bought a house. I already paid for it. And I can't come because now I got to go look at it. Am I not reading it correctly? Watch this. Let's, let's, look at the, let's look at the next verse. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I already bought them. And now I gotta go see how they work. I ain't see them. I know they didn't have pictures back then. They didn't have the internet. I bought them. They could be skinny, frail, and sick. But I bought them. And now I gotta go see how they work that's like me purchasing a car paying for it and then saying i can't come because i have to go look or test drive the car i already purchased is that a good reason or is that an excuse now now you're going to hear a pin drop in the room you ready and another said. Somebody's saying, wait, 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 wait a minute. Come on, pastor. Come on, that's a good one. That's a good one. You ain't got a problem with me. You got a problem with. And another said, I just got married, Lord. And so, you know I can't come. How many of you know that your God is a jealous God? I will have no other gods before me. You know some people make a person their God? You make your spouse your God? your god is going to experience legitimate jealousy because you belong to him and he wants to be the priority in your life let's go to the rest of the text so that servant came showed his lord these things then the master of the house being what in the old testament in the old testament he got what angry in the new testament he became angry said to his servant Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, "Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room." Next verse. Verse 23, 14:23. And the Lord said unto thy servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel. Now, if you don't know what that word compel means, that word compel is almost equivalent to make them come. Don't take no for an answer. Compel them to come in. Watch this now. That my house may be filled. Let's go to the next verse. For I say unto you that none of those men that were bidden, invited, shall taste of my supper. All those, hallelujah, who kept making multiple excuses. And not received the Lord's invitation to come. will not be part of that supper are you blessed in here church God wants his house full I said God wants his house full oh God have mercy in this place all things are now ready this is not a season to be running away from your gift Moses released and ran. Some of us are avoiding our own anointing, running away from what God is calling us to do, giving God excuses about what we do not have. I don't have this, and I don't have enough money, and I don't have enough education and i don't have enough this and i don't have enough that god never asked moses for what he didn't have he said what is that in your hand god will always ask you for something you do have worship team you can come up here watch this god will always ask you for something you do have are you hearing me church He asked a widow woman, hallelujah, the creditors are coming to take away her sons. And the prophet says, what do you have in the house? And she said, I only have this little flask of oil. He said, give it to me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? He asked another widow woman, what do you have? And she said, I only have a handful of meal and a cruise of oil. I'm going to eat one meal out of this and me and my son are going to die. He said, no, you're not. Give it to me. He's among 5,000 men, not including women and children. Hallelujah. And the disciples said, send the people away because we can't feed them. And he said, what do you have? We only have a little boy's lunch. Five loaves and two fish. He said, give it to me. Do you hear what I'm saying in this place? Hallelujah. Throw my second point up there. I'm just going to read them to you. And close. In this season. I will not anoint what you are not willing to release. In this season, I will not anoint what you are not willing to release. When he let it go, God got in it. When he let it go, it started moving. It's not going to happen as long as you hold on to it. And finally, let me just say this. Hallelujah. We might have to talk about this again next week. But let me just say this. When God gets in a thing, the thing will not remain the same. (laughs) Oh, I wish I had somebody that can testify in here. When God gets in a thing, the thing will not remain the same again, hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In this place, hallelujah. Everything that God gets in, hallelujah, some way or somehow, hallelujah, it changes, hallelujah. If God got in a rock, hallelujah, and you know the story like I do, that rock, hallelujah, will all of a sudden begin to flow water and river. Listen, a river will flow from that rock and give two to three million people something to drink, hallelujah. It's a rock. It's not supposed to give water, but if God gets in it, God can cause resources to come from places that they're not supposed to come from if God gets in it I said if God gets in it God got in a donkey hallelujah and when he got in a donkey the donkey started talking in the Bible and the donkey rebuked a rebellious prophet so he can get him back on track if God gets in it God will change it he got in an axe that fell in the water And when he got in it, the axe head that was made out of iron floated, hallelujah, so that the prophet can reach it and continue to build what God called him to build because God got in it. Oh God, help me in here. I hear God saying, if you give it to me, I'll get in it. If you give it to me, I'll get in it. If you give it to me, I'll get in it. If you give it to me, I'll get in it. Oh God, have mercy in this place, hallelujah. He got in a box called the Ark of the Covenant oh. and they would take that box into the enemy's camp and God would rout out the armies because he got in the box. If they took the box to the Jordan, he split the Jordan, hallelujah, so the people could get through because he got in the box. When they put the box in the tabernacle, the glory filled that place because he was in the box. Are you in this place, church? Somebody shout give it to God Give it to God Give it to God Give it to God. God." Hallelujah. He got in a little boy's lunch and he fed 5,000 Not including the women and the children that were there. And they had 12 baskets left over. Because God got in it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When he got in that pot of oil. Hallelujah. That woman who the creditors were coming. Hallelujah. To take her kids. Paid off her debt. And lived in overflow. Lived off of the rest. Because he's more than enough. And I hear God telling somebody in this place. If you give it to me. I will get in it. If you give me that struggle, I'll get in it. If you give me that sickness, I'll get in it. If you give me that marriage, I'll get in it. Oh God, have mercy in here. If you give me your money, I'll get in your money. Oh I know we don't like that one right there, hallelujah. If you give it to me, I'll get in it. As long as you hold on to it, is dormant, but if you release it to me, I'll get in it. I'll get in it. Oh, there's something you have that God is longing to get in. What is that in your hand? How many more signs do you need from God? more confirmations do you need from God before you decide to do what God is calling you to do. You don't have to become somebody else. I chose you. You don't need something you don't have. I'm going to use what you do have. You have something I want to use. Oh God, it's already at your disposal. God, help me in here. You don't think it's a lot, but let me help you in here. It has nothing to do with your ability. It has nothing to do with your talent. It has nothing to do with how gifted you are. It has everything to do with how much of God gets in what you have.